the FF Educator, back with John Lobb, the Gridiron Scholar for our Senior Bowl Wide Receiver Previews Part 2. We broke down eight players who profile a little bit more like X receivers, uh, plus a slot in the first episode. So on this episode, we're going to break down seven wide receivers that profile a little bit more like that flanker wide receiver uh, and pair them up with our, of course, slot wide receiver of the episode here if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like the video, comment, subscribe. The Senior Bowl previews are the prelude to the rookie profile season, which is always the most popular time of the year. We're also doing mock drafts galore, so you're going to want to make sure you're listened in here. John, let's go ahead here and start with Charlie Jones out of Purdue. Charlie Jones, I got to tell you, of everyone we're talking about on this episode, he is my guy. I love Charlie Jones. I say all year, it's my running bit. I tweet it out probably once a month, trade for second round picks. And if you traded for a mid-second round pick, this is the type of guy that you're looking for, in my opinion. Releases well off the line of scrimmage, great separation with footwork and speed. He burns defensive backs. He forces them to play off coverage, which he consistently can find space within. He has sticky hands. If you throw the ball in his direction, he's catching the ball. Doesn't have the biggest frame coming in at 6-0, but the way he plays, you'd think he was 6-2. His vertical ability makes that even more significant here. He wins at all three levels of the field. He's physical. He's aggressive. I know you're going to get into his background because it's been quite a journey. And when you have that types of skill set paired with that type of journey, it makes for this great combination here of value. And I think that's what we're going to hit on with the wide receiver who finished his career with Purdue. So one factor that's important for Charlie Jones when you are grading him, Matt, is the fact that he did play at a Power 5 school. And why I say that is before the show, I've been doing some research, and we did this two years ago, but I didn't update it last year, but I have now. I wanted to look at the difference between Power 5 and G5 programs. What I did in fantasy football finishes I took the top 36 players for each of the last three seasons. So that's 22 to 20. And in that, 86 of the 108 seasons that were fantasy football top 36, 86 of them were from the Power Five conferences, including Notre Dame, even though it's not a Notre Dame player. I count Notre Dame as power six, power five. What's amazing, Matt, there are only 22 G5 wide receivers in the last three years who have posted a top 36 finish, which is 20%. But here's what's fascinating, Matt. Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill count for six of those 22. So, and they each have, they've each finished in the top 12, I believe, the last three years. Maybe one of them was a little outside the top 12. 
I count Tyreek Hill, even though he originally went to Oklahoma State, remember you transferred out and played at the FCS level. So Tyreek Hill had power five upside as a high school recruit, but had to leave power five. So when you're doing your rankings, especially before the senior bowl, everyone, you need to consider P5 and G5 and where their rankings are. I say that because Charlie Jones is interesting also. He started at Buffalo before he transferred to Ohio, at Iowa, I'm sorry, and then transferring to Purdue. So he has a lot of seasons of Power 5 on his resume. And this past season at Iowa, or at Purdue, I'm sorry, I'm confusing all my seasons. He popped, look at that, Matt, 36% aerial dominator and almost 70% catch percentage. However, he was a six-year player this year, Matt, which some people are just going to discount him because of the late breakout age. He had 110 receptions this year for 1,361 yards and 12 touchdowns. He was just spectacular. But before he broke out as a wide receiver, Charlie Jones had a role as a return specialist at Iowa. Matt, he was first team all Big Ten return specialist by Phil Steele in 2020. He was first big first team all Big Ten return specialist by the national media in 2021. He won the Reggie Roby Special Teams Award. And this was all before transferring to Purdue. Sorry, folks, I have my allergies kicking and I apologize for that. Where Charlie Jones might get the opportunity, Matt, we don't give enough credence to the ability for a young man to make a team as a returner. He had 77 career punt returns for 622 yards and a touchdown. He had 45 kick returns for 1,002 yards and a touchdown. Charlie Jones will make an NFL team because of his ability to return kicks and contribute on special teams. If he does that, which I predict he will, then he'll have an opportunity at one time to get on the field. Charlie Jones has an NFL career ahead. It just might be limited his upside but i do like charlie jones i'm with you matt all right on to Jaden reed Jaden reed is another fun one john uh started his career at western michigan finishes his career at michigan state so we have a little bit of a trend here we're seeing the uh the effects of being able to switch schools a really electric wide out Jaden reed when you watch his tape it's hard to not get excited Okay, you could see that projection to those big plays. You could already just see him making big touchdowns in the NFL. <laughs> Twitchy athlete, he impacts all around the field. He gets off the line of scrimmage quick. He moves well both vertically and horizontally. He pairs that athleticism with really nice body control. Sometimes you see these guys who are so twitchy, they actually juke themselves out. Not Jaden Reed. He plays under control. So he can play well along the sideline. 
Uh, but you could also move him around the field. He can work over the middle of the field. So there's a little bit of a scheme versatility. I think that's an overused term, but I think there's a little scheme versatility here with, with Jaden Reed. And for how quickly he moves, you would probably think he was more in that 5'10", 180 conversation, but he's actually 60190. He carries the weight well. Uh, so I think Jaden Reed is one of these guys uh, who maybe right off the bat at Mobile, you know, you're you're not overly impressed with, John. They call it like the bathing suit competition. They actually have these guys come out in their underwear. They see where their body profiles. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, and then they weigh them in. That's like the first day at Mobile. I think once he actually gets on the field, we're going to be more impressed with him than than just necessarily his profile. But I think overall, Jaden Reed is one of these guys who's going to leave the Senior Bowl with a higher draft position than he entered with and can be a really, really nice pairing, especially if he lands in an NFL team where there is a you know high profile X wide receiver that's going to pull coverage off the field. You know, Reed could end up being a really valuable guy. Absolutely, Matt. And we list him at 60190 from the Michigan State website. He does look smaller, not much, but I would not have guessed he's that big. So let's see what the measurements come in at the Senior Bowl. I'm very interested in his actual size. I will say this. He's clearly muscular. There's no question about the muscularity of his frame and the way he plays. In 2017, he was a three-star prospect by 24-7 Sports. And you mentioned him. He goes to the Group of Five program in the MAC for Western Michigan. And I remember it because he was named by the Football Writers Association of America as a freshman All-American, Matt. So early breakout stands are going to look at his numbers and be impressed. He played 13 games, 56 receptions, for 797 yards and eight touchdowns, averaging 14.2 yards per catch as a true freshman. He made a business decision. He transferred to Michigan State, so he went up in competition, which is impressive. And he set out now the archaic NCAA 2019 season because of their rules. He finally exploded in 2021. Matt, first team All-American as an all-purpose player, and that's what you were referring to before. He was third team All-American as a wide receiver. 59 receptions for 1,026 yards, 17.4 yards per catch, and 10 touchdowns. And when you look at the board, if you're looking at the screen on YouTube, that's his catch percentage was 56 and his aerial dominator was 31.1. Unfortunately, the Spartans lost Kenneth Walker, and Peyton Thorne took a step backwards, the quarterback. So did the entire Michigan State offense. They finished 5-7. and seven. Why do I mention that? His numbers came way down in 2022. However, continuing on the versatility train, he has a role as a special teamer, Matt. 38 punts returned, 581 yards, three touchdowns, Matt. 42 kick returns, 841 yards. Didn't score on a kick return. But he can help an NFL team in many different ways. Jaden Reed is a fascinating player in Mobile. 
On to Darius Davis here, wide receiver out of TCU. John, Darius Davis is a player that I want to love, and I'm hoping the Senior Bowl gives me that excuse, right? I'm ready to pounce on the hype. Darius Davis will probably one of, be one of the three fastest wideouts uh, running the 40-yard dash at the Combine. He's in contention to be the fastest wideout, and we know that speed sells, right, especially for NFL front offices. 5'10", 175, five years ago, we would have had a conversation about that frame being concerning. We have seen consistently that that frame is just fine for NFL teams to use a day two selection on him, right? So it'll be really interesting. And he is more than just uh, speed. You know, he shows really nice handwork. He shows the ability to get off the line of scrimmage quickly. He accelerates well in a straight line. TCU played him along the boundary uh, quite often. And he does have the ability to do that even at the NFL level. I think they'll probably move him around a little bit more, right? But really consistent hands. He's a threat with the ball. And John, this is something you'll notice here. And, you know, his teammate, Quinton Johnston, is going to get a lot of the discussion for the wide receiver here uh, through this draft process. But if you go back and watch consistently when Max Duggan needed a guy, he was looking at Darius Davis. Darius Davis was often the guy that was putting up the big games for TCU when it was under pressure where he needed somebody to target. So I think that there's a lot to like here about Darius Davis in somebody who could end up being a day two selection. Day three, you know, for me right now, but a good week in Mobile, he could really see his draft stock rise. You mentioned something very important. If you watch TCU, and I watched a lot of TCU this year, Darius Davis's ability to play outside allowed the Horn Frogs to put Quinton Johnson in the slot. So he definitely provided TCU with an important role in this offense. And in my opinion, there's one word that pops up when you watch him. It is speed. It is just oozing off of this young man. He might have the fastest 40 in the combine. He's at least going to be in the conversation in my book. As I was watching him all year, he reminded me of former TCU speedster, Cavante Turbin, who played for the US, USFL Generals this year and earned a role with the Dallas Cowboys, mostly as a special team player. But I think there are legitimate similarities between the two players. I think Davis is a better receiver than Turbin, and Turbin really didn't help the Cowboys in the passing game this year, but he clearly helped him as a returner. He was a three-star prospect from Louisiana, and he also played cornerback in high school. And you mentioned it, the speed, Matt. He was a track and field athlete, 200-meter state champion. So not only is he fast, he can maintain the speed over a longer distance. It just oozes off of him when you watch the film. He played five years for the Horn Frogs. And believe it or not, as a true freshman, his very first touch, he returned a punt for a 73-yard touchdown. He did not become a real productive receiver until the past two seasons. He had 36 receptions for 518 yards and a touchdown two years ago, 42 receptions this year, 531 yards and five touchdowns. I do think he'll make his bread as a returner. 
in his career, he has returned six touchdowns, five on punts and one on kicks. And I was looking at it, Matt, the three worst teams in the NFL for a return this year, Broncos, Dolphins, and Chargers. A cheap way to improve your offense, improve your kick returns, get better field position, get better and shorter um, distances for touchdowns. I think teams like Denver, Miami, and San Diego must consider Darius Davis as a legitimate kick and punt returner for their franchises. All right, John, before we jump onto our next guy, I want to remind folks you have access to head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board and check out these full player profiles of every player we're talking about. Get access to these senior bowl slides, get access to the rookie big board discord access to the 2023 rookie draft guide for just $3 a month over at patreon.com slash rookie big board. If you're checking out this type of content, you are exactly the person who is going to benefit from the resources that we're putting out. Now, John Tank Dell, Nathaniel Tank Dell out of Houston, probably the funniest uh, nickname, right? Because he's he's Tank Dell because he's coming in at maybe 5'10", maybe one. You have him listed here at 185. I have him listed at 165. He's probably somewhere in between. Uh, you know, he's a guy that you're going to get a lot of different size marks on. He, the comparison that we're going to hear a lot for Tank Dell through the process is Calvin Austin. It's 2-2 Atwell, right? When we're talking about Tank, we're talking about a really speedy runner. He gets moving right off the line of scrimmage, consistently separates downfield. He does separate well with speed and footwork. He's twitchy. He'll break defensive backs in space. He has great lateral movement. He covers a lot of space working around the field. Really consistent hands. He returned punts in 2022. He returned kicks in 2021. If you like numbers, you're going to like Tank Dell because he absolutely dominated the Houston offense the last couple seasons, John. And we'll talk about Clayton Toon as a prospect. I think that says something that Tank Dell was able to put up that much production here with Clayton Toon, who was... Uh, inconsistent at times, right? So there's a, a lot of reason to be excited about him. The question will be, can he impress enough at the Senior Bowl to grab that coveted day two draft capital? For me right now, he's a day three pick just because of the strength of the wide receivers kind of in that middle of the class. But he does have the ability to stand out both at Mobile and of course running the 40 in Indianapolis. Matt, if you plug his numbers into any production model, he is impressive young prospect. 228 career receptions, and that's basically in three seasons. We'll talk about that shortly. 13.8 yards per reception is nice. I do like the benchmark of 15, but 13.8 is nice. Look at that, 3,155 yards, 32 touchdowns, 71% catch, or catch percentage, and 34% aerial dominator. So he's going to impress people in a production model. And I just watched way too much Houston Cougars football. And it was fascinating watching him this year. Because I would be watching and the Cougars would be in the third quarter and Tank would have two receptions. I'm like, what is going on here? 
And then all of a sudden, like the light bulb went off in Coach Dana Holgerson. He's like, oh, my God, I forgot to throw the ball to Tank. And all of a sudden, he would just start getting peppered with him and Clayton Toon, and he would put up this prolific second half. He was a three-star prospect in high school and the number 24 wide receiver in the nation. He originally, in 2018, goes to Alabama A&M, which is an HBCU school. The next season, he transfers to the JUCO level to Independence Community College in Kansas. Plays there in 2019. That's one of the reasons his numbers are not even higher. He chose Houston amongst many other G5 programs. He gains national attention two years ago. All AAC first team. The numbers are silly, Matt. 90 receptions for 1,329 yards and 12 touchdowns. Last year, he was even better. I couldn't believe it. 109 receptions for 1,398 yards and 17 touchdowns. I'll tell you one thing I think is really impressive about him, Matt. When you're in the red zone, the windows get tight. And quarterbacks, not everyone is Brett Favre and Justin Herbert who will just zing the ball with confidence. What I like about Nathaniel Dell, he gets separation in very tight quarters. You can put him in motion, Matt, and he can get immediate separation on one or two steps. I think he has a role in the NFL. I also have a day three draft capital on him, but I think his ceiling is capped, but he can be a very productive player. We just saw what Richie James did with the Giants coming out of Middle Tennessee. It took him a while. I think Nathaniel Dell could have a similar trajectory in the right system. Ronnie Bell is a really interesting one here talking about systems. Sometimes with with scouting and evaluating these guys coming out of college, it could be difficult to pull them out of the system and the offense they play in. And we've seen consistently, despite the fact that the Michigan offense has improved, it can be difficult for wide receivers to put up big numbers in this offense, right? But Ronnie Bell was still a significant, critical piece of this passing game. He's coming in here at 6-0-190. He shows the ability to consistently bring in on-target passes even under tight coverage. I think that's something NFL teams are going to appreciate. He's not going to burn anybody off the line of scrimmage, but he is fluid and he moves well through his routes. He does show the ability to shake defensive backs downfield. All right, but Michigan didn't ask him to run a lot of routes, a lot of different routes, right? So there's a, there's a lot of give and take here with Ronnie Bell, but you'll see that when he does get targets, he is effective and he is productive. I think he's definition day three guy, but somebody who very much could find uh, the eyes of NFL evaluators here at Mobile. Matt, it's very interesting comparing Bell to Nathaniel Dell. Both are three-star prospects, but you must consider the difference between group of five and power five. In the model, Nathaniel Dell's going to pop. Ronnie Bell is not. You're not going to be impressed. Look at the numbers on the screen. Um, 63% catch and catch percentage. Only 143 career receptions. Only 10 touchdowns. But I think you got the NFL and you got to rank Ronnie Bell over Nathaniel Bell. 
the NFL is going to like Ronnie Bell because he played at Michigan. And I know that's biased, but they do like these receivers coming out of the power five. He's not as good of a prospect in my book as Nico Collins or Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think both of those players were much better than Ronnie Bell. And I have a ton of Nico Collins and Donovan Peoples-Jones. I don't know how much Ronnie Bell I'll have unless I get a value in the dynasty draft. He was a, he was the number 15 player in the state of Missouri coming out of high school. In Missouri State history, Matt, he ranks top three in career receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Two NFL players join him in this group. Doriel Green Beckham, who never made it at the NFL, and Jeremy Macklin, who had moments but also did not make it. In 2018, as a true freshman, he appeared in every game for Michigan. That's impressive at a Power 5 school. 2019, he made 10 starts as a sophomore. But look at the numbers. They're not impressive. I was really excited in 2021 for Bell. However, he suffers an ACL tear in the first game of the season, Matt. He had one catch, a 76-yard touchdown. And he returned one punt for 31 yards. But then he tore the ACL. In 2022, he returned as a graduate student. He was named the team's Offensive Skills Player of the Year. 62 receptions for 889 yards and four touchdowns. His best game might have been in his career might have been his last against the Horned Frogs. Six receptions, 135 yards and a touchdown. He only went over 100 yards receiving in four games. Matt, he needs the Senior Bowl week in Mobile to bring that draft promise up to impress scouts. He's one of the players I'm going to be watching closely to see when I'm looking at Power 5 and G5 candidates where I rank them at the end. John, Jalen Wayne might not be a name on the top of everybody's minds, but for CFF and C2C players here, we've been talking about Jalen Wayne for the last couple of years, right? He's coming out of South Alabama, and folks uh, who are familiar with the Senior Bowl know that the Senior Bowl now is actually hosted at South Alabama's facilities. So, you know, you could read into this how you might want to here. I do think the Senior Bowl likes to identify a South Alabama player or two that could uh, kind of elevate themselves right through the draft process here. Uh, John, tell me what you got here on South Alabama's Jalen Wayne. I want to like him, but Matt, I leave the whole process a little unimpressed. One of the first things I noticed, he is the nephew of Reggie Wayne, and I remember Reggie Wayne at Miami, and he was just an NFL star with the Indianapolis Colts. But I looked deeper and I watched more film. He was only a two-star recruit in 2017. He played six years at South Alabama, and he was behind the depth chart on Jalen Tolbert, who just finished his rookie season for the Dallas Cowboys. It disappointed me, but I'm still holding out hope for Jalen Tolbert. I haven't given up after one season. He really didn't see action until his fourth year for the Panthers at South Alabama. In 2020, he had 33 receptions and he scored once. In 2021, he was honorable mention all Sun Belt. 
53 receptions, and two touchdowns. Last year, he finally ascended to the top, but it was his sixth season on campus. All Sun Belt second team, 58 receptions for 816 yards and nine touchdowns. One of the challenges is, Matt, he doesn't give you anything in the return game. He only returned five punts in college. He does have NFL size at 6'2 and 207. But I have my concerns. I don't know how versatile he is. And he only had five games with over 100 yards in his career. I need to see more of Jalen Wayne in one-on-one drills and need to see what his athletic ability is at the Combine. He's down the list for me, but he did get an invite for the Senior Bowl, so he's piqued my interest. All right, John. Uh, last flanker type wide receiver before we finish on a slot receiver. I'm actually very excited about <laughs> Andrea Yashivas out of Princeton here is probably on nobody's radar, John, and even being transparent, really not on ours, but that's why the senior bowl is important because these are professional evaluators and scouts that are going out and they are polling NFL front offices and telling us who they want to see more of. So we have the ability to go uh, and recognize the fact that there is a Princeton wide receiver who is very much a part of the draft process and very much on the minds of NFL front offices here. So tell me what you have here about this uh, relatively big man out of the Ivy League. So for all those who've listened to me, you know I have a hard time pronouncing names but I practiced all week for Andre Yeshivas. So I got it right. I looked <laughs> I looked around, listened to podcasts. I was listening to tape or the little highlights I could see on film. And Yeshivas, I have to consider him one of my good friends, Shane Hallman, on Twitter. He has him in his top 12. And a lot of other big national media has him highly ranked. And then... He becomes only the third player in Princeton history since 1950 to earn an invite to the Senior Bowl. On a side note, Matt, I have circled Princeton-Yale. I wanted to see the game because he came to New Haven this year. The problem was Yale-UConn played on the same day, November 12th. I was so mad because I have season tickets to the Huskies and obviously, I'm not going to miss the Huskies in Liberty, but I really wanted to see this young man play. I have not seen a ton of tape. There are highlights, but you can find out some very interesting things about him that definitely pique my interest. In high school, he was a track and field star, and he was a basketball player. So the athleticism is clearly there. In high school, he was the most outstanding male performer at track meets at his high school. And he was National Junior Honor Member Society. That's why he gets into Princeton. Very smart young man. Phil Steele named him FCS First Team All-American and Ivy League Offensive Player of the Year in 2022. His teammates named him Team Captain. He led the Ivy League in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns this year. Matt, 66 receptions, 943 yards, and seven touchdowns. He only played 10 games. The Ivy League has a limited schedule, 
and they don't go to bowl games or postseason. So that are very impressive numbers in the Ivy League. Everything to me, he is going to be one of the young men that I am watching as closely as I did Christian Watson last year in one-on-one drills. I am very interested in Andre Yeshivas. He might make day two in the draft at 6'3", 200 200 pounds. Can't wait to see this young man play at the Senior Bowl. All right. And we have Cincinnati's Trey Tucker as our slot wideout that we're going to be talking about here. I like Tucker. Tucker gets off the line of scrimmage quickly. He's got nice speed. He has quick, twitchy feet, and he works well in the short field. All right. So again, you know, really kind of a traditional slot guy, but he knows what he does well, and he does it very well. He has the ability to make defensive backs miss in tight space. He will win body positioning, which I really like being able to work those underneath routes here. He's he's got a nice drag route. He has an effective curl route. He can run a good out. And there are examples of him working deep posts and and being able to do that effectively. So he does display some versatility, although I think the NFL will want to keep him in the short field. He has the ability to contribute to special teams at the next level here. So somebody, again, who in isolation could really help himself out. I think he's probably locked in as a day three prospect here, uh, but could compete as one of the highest ranked pure slot wideouts here in this draft class. Absolutely. He's the type of young man a team could really fall in love with, Matt. First, we know the athleticism is there. He was number 67 on Bruce Feldman's freak list over the summer. So that tells us that the athletic ability is there. 5'9", 185. I wonder who's going to be bigger, him or Tank Dell. It'll be fascinating to see which one of the two young men actually show up heavier. He was a three-star recruit, and he was a top 50 player in the state of Ohio. It was a big get for Cincinnati Bearcats to bring him onto campus. He closed out his prep career with 2,400 yards rushing, 1,900 yards receiving, 68 touchdowns, Matt, and nine interceptions as a two-way player. Trey Tucker is a football player with great athleticism. He was a track and field competitor. He won the long jump, the 100-meter dash, and was on the winning 4-by-200-meter relay team in high school. The speed is there. You know what? Him and Darius Davis are going to be fascinating to watch both of these two young men run. He finally emerged over the past two seasons for Cincinnati. He had 86 receptions for 1,098 yards and five touchdowns. I think he has an immediate role as a kick returner in the NFL, Matt. 67 career kicks. He averaged 24.9 yards. He would look really nice in Denver. San Diego or Miami, those teams desperately need a returner. Trey Tucker is a player who could give them immediate benefits on special teams. John, there are no better immediate benefits than heading on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board, getting access to the rookie rankings, to the full player profiles, to all of the insight and resources, including access to the discord, the 2023 rookie guide, so much available for just $3 a month. Now is the time to get ahead of your league mates. There's no better way to win a dynasty championship than to win 
the rookie draft. We appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board. <laughs>